of a Red Sox nation. It's a kind of a family. Wherever I roam, a Fenway home, that's where I long to be. I'm a member of a Red Sox nation. It's a kind of insanity. Yeah, I live and die with Red Sox pride for eternity. I fake a smile November until opening day. Suffering baseball withdrawal around the clock. When April comes, hey, meet me down on Yawkey Way. That's when Red Sox Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Bets podcast covering Boston Red Sox baseball. For everyone staying up late tonight on Periscope, the podcast, as always, can be found on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and literally everywhere. Red Sox just wrapped up a Two-game set, thanks to the rain out against the Tampa Bay Rays, dropping both games. More on that in a little bit. I am Terry Cushman, and I'm joined, as always, by Stephanie Allen and Al Nahigian from the Into the Triangle podcast, covered by, uh, excuse me, presented by uh, Couch Guy Sports. How are you, people? Doing good, doing good. Can't complain. Would like to see a Red Sox win, but, you know, we'll get into it. Well, I could certainly complain about a lot of things <laughs> on this team. But... Uh, we knew that was coming. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that was coming a mile away. <laughs> you set them up. Uh, before we uh, get into it, uh, Al, uh, you know, this is your second appearance, but for anyone that might have missed uh, two episodes ago, why don't you... Uh, Give everyone your background, where they can find you and whatnot. Yeah, for sure. So, like Terry said, second time on the Benny and the Bets podcast. Uh, just a North Shore kid. Uh, grew, grew up 15 minutes from Boston. Still live there now. Little town called Saugus, Massachusetts. Uh, for anybody that follows Barstool Sports and Jared Carabas, it's the same hometown as him. Uh, currently starting to be an elementary school teacher. And I also coach uh, high school and travel baseball around the area. As far as media stuff goes, right for Couch Guy Sports. Also, like Terry said, co-host the Into the Triangle Red Sox podcast uh, with myself and Jared Scally. And I also have an independent podcast called the Legends Lingo Podcast. That's with myself and my friend Tom Powder Cadmus. Uh, both of those podcasts are on iTunes. Uh, Into the Triangle is on Podbean. Legends Lingo is on SoundCloud. So give those a listen and... Uh, can't wait to get into some Red Sox talk with both of you, so let's do it. Okay, and uh, getting right to it, just a quick recap. David Price got the start in uh, what ended up being Game 1 on Saturday, thanks to the Friday rain out. Price pretty solid, gave up a home run in the first at-bat of the game to Yandy Diaz. Went on to pitch, uh, six full innings, only gave up four hits, uh, one other earned run, uh, struck out seven. Red Sox offense, pretty anemic. Um, let's see, uh, Mookie Betts hit a solo home run in the eighth inning. 
Red Sox were trying to basically uh, rally that inning, but ended up leaving the bases loaded. Rays went on to win 2-1. to one. Chris Sale today got the start in the 1 p.m. game. Not uh, great out of the gates. Gave up two runs in the first inning. Two more in the second inning, thanks to... Rafael Devers botching what would have been a routine double play. Sale went on to give up a dinger and uh, settled in pretty nice after that. Uh, uh, Michael Chavis hit a home run. Uh, Mitch Moreland drove in one on a sack fly, but again, not enough offense to um, power ourselves to a win. Uh, Red Sox dropped today's game 5-2. to two. So not a very good weekend, especially considering we swept them last weekend. And now seven and a half games back uh, out of the division to the Tampa Bay Rays. So uh, getting uh, into the next segment here, uh, Heroes and Zeros, which is formally called the Shoutouts and Callouts segment. Just a little bit of a name change because... Basically, all of us kept flubbing <laughs> the title we throughout the. Yeah, so I was only confused twice. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we're gonna start off with our heroes, which could be a, a Red Sox player or someone MLB wide, which might be the direction I'm going. Hint, hint. But uh, <laughs> Stephanie, go ahead and uh, tell us who your hero was. Uh, my hero is Marcus Walden. He, he's uh, been pitching well out of the bullpen and has been holding it down. Uh, you know, zero hit, um, 2.03 ERA. He, he's kind of one of the bright spots in our bullpen, and he's the one when we go to him that I don't um, heavy sigh and immediately start tweeting. Oh, God, you know, when Hembry comes in, I immediately uh, start sweating and get anxious. You and everybody else in the world. Yeah, yeah, so... Well, then I, I, uh, I'm not chewing my fingernails and hyperventilating. So for me, it was really hard this week to pick a hero. So uh, I'll take what little I can get. And Marcus Walden's doing it for me right now. Yeah, I, I, uh, he was my hero in the last episode and, and continues to be impressive. And, you know, Barnes and, and uh, Brazier haven't really had many opportunities because we haven't really had uh, any leads lately. Uh, at the end of the game, so you know yeah, you have to score runs to actually to get those guys them. in, yeah, or at least be wait, wait, you do. You have to yeah. score. I didn't know that. Score to win? What? That, that's that's crazy. That's that, that's a new concept for me. <laughs> yeah. Somebody tell the sock. Right. Oh, yeah. So Al, just go ahead. Who is your hero? All right. So for my hero, it's going to be the young gun, aka Michael Chavis. Uh, Chavis has been swinging it all right at the plate. I mean, his average isn't anything special. It's a 200 average. But the thing is, is that this kid has pop in his bat. He has power, and that's exactly what the Red Sox need. Granted, yes, Mookie's starting to come along a little bit shady. Al, you're you know, breaking up big time. Has, uh, um, you sound all right now. So, Chavis... Okay. So, Chavis... Uh, has had a pretty good, uh, not pretty good, but he's been hitting for some extra base hits. I mean, two home runs and a double of his four major league hits. So, you know what? This kid is going to come to play. 
he had, like I said, he has pop in his bat. Is exactly what the Red Sox needed, especially the Yeah, you're breaking up quite a bit. The you know the robot sound or whatever. Are you? Let's try reconnecting you. I'll uh, I'll just go ahead with my uh, my hero this week. Yeah, I'm going with Jake Arietta, who um, basically called out Bryce Harper for getting uh, ejected from the game. Arietta was basically like, "If we're gonna win, then you know we need we need all of our guys in the game, and I need all of you guys behind me." And I just feel like it's really refreshing to see someone do that you know I can't think of a time where a Red Sox player has you know called out one of their you know someone out of the lineup and said you know you need to do this differently or you need to stop doing this and for um you know for Arietta to to stand up and and hold hold Harper accountable is you know, it's nice to see. Al, do we have you back? I think so. You tell me. Uh, so far, so, so good. good. You, you were <laughs> yeah, uh, so that, you were calling out. Uh, excuse me, shouting out Chavis. Yeah, basically. Long story short, the kid has pop in his bat. There's a lot of injuries at second base. I'm looking forward to seeing him play second base for uh, the short term. Hopefully, the long term too. Yeah, you know, I mean, six of his, uh, three out of his six hits are via the long ball so far, but hopefully uh, over a bigger sample size. We're going to get into the anemic offense here pretty quick, but kind of hard to make a case to put anybody else at second base right now, that's for sure. (laughs) You know, the way he's been playing. Uh, Stephanie, uh, go ahead with your uh, zero. Uh, the one and only World Series MVP, Stephen Pierce, <laughs> uh, who's done a whole lot of nothing since the World Series uh, or this season at all. So he's my. Uh, I don't know why he was DH today either. I mean, I I get why he was DH today, but really. Well, Martinez uh, is out with yeah, with I know. Backs. Martinez yeah. out with back spasms. Let's get these guys some better mattresses and some rollers to roll out their uh, sore muscles. But I heard um, I heard it was an illness the other day too with JD. No, oh really? Yeah, I think that's I think that's what I heard. Hmm. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I know the back spasms are the. Uh, were the primary circulated? Yeah, and yeah. where he didn't come in yesterday. You know, late in the game, it, it just kind of he, he. We needed a pinch hit, you know, from someone other than you know Bradley or Pierce in the lineup when the bases were loaded, right. and they didn't even send him out. So that tells me he's uh, probably in pretty Hurt. rough shape. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Al, uh, who uh, who is your zero? Uh, my zero is going to be uh, Mitch Moreland. I mean, Moreland had a very hot start to the season, but his last three games, he's about 0 for 13. I think with maybe a walk thrown in there, I'm not sure. Obviously, I know walk doesn't count, but... And it just, it's amazing. His average has gone down to 209. He's not the same three or four hitter that he was in the beginning of the year. 
I think he's starting to go back to how we thought he was going to be and be a maybe 230, 240, 250 at best hitter. Yeah, I he mean, he's... Sack fly today, though. Like, somebody's helping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's nice to see yeah. it, but he's, he's definitely right. not the uh, Mitchie two bags that we're accustomed to seeing. No, definitely not. When I saw him in Oakland, he was he was killing it. Um, yeah, and I mean, he started off hot, was basically the sole reason for our first four wins. You know, he came through clutch in, in several situations. We didn't win a game where he didn't drive in a run, I think, four out of the first six, and now he's kind of tailed off a little bit, and he tends to do that in the second half, and it's just, it's really frustrating, especially if they're going to keep batting him out of the three-hole. You know, typically you'd want somebody a little more productive in that spot, so hopefully it's just a matter of getting him turned around. The problem is we have production. We don't have have anyone being productive. (laughs) Nope. Let's hear your zero, Terry. My zero is my hero from the last episode. So drastic swing from week to week, but I'm I'm just gonna say Devers. I mean, he's I think he had his eighth error on the season today. His seventh or his <laughs> eighth, something Surprise. like that. And either way he's on Baby Devers. He's on pace for forty six errors. <laughs> which is like, Ugh. I don't, Ugh. it's almost like, oh, God. it's almost like Pablo Sandoval never left, you know, in terms of I, defense. Oh, yeah. I don't know about that one. Yeah, I, I don't know about <laughs> that one. He's not losing his pants batting. Yeah. He's, he actually, he actually looks like he can swing a bat a little bit and not want yeah. to go back to San Francisco. Ugh. True. Well, he, he, Sandoval is hitting two ninety five right now. His, I catch so much shit in, in the National League uh, against. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, will stand, I will not stand for Devers and Sandoval comparisons. I'm sorry, yeah. sorry. Okay. I won't do it. I will uh, not do it. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough Pablo. for now. Yeah, we had enough of that. We had enough of that fat, you know, son of a gun, you know, for about. Two and a half years. We don't need to talk about him anymore. Let's move on. I have on to from hear that. about it all the time. Anytime he does something, all my Giants friends are like, "Oh yeah, did you hear about Pablo?" No, I don't fucking care. He can go away. Tell him, away. tell him to go eat another cheeseburger and have another belt explode. No doubt. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not saying I miss him. I'm just. It's just. You shouldn't. Yeah. You His can't. He OB. was entertaining. He hasn't drawn no, no, a single. What's walk. entertaining? What's entertaining is the fact that Pablo Sandoval hit a home run. I think it was off Clay Buckholtz or something to get a lead. <laughs> that was probably the funniest right, thing I've ever right. seen. That was hilarious. I, I was. I couldn't believe it. That happened this week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, his OBP is uh, the same as his batting average, though. So he hasn't drawn a single walk. But anyway, um, I just. Yeah, right. So uh, getting into just the general segment now, um, you know, the big takeaway from this series is is definitely the offense and the bottom half of the order specifically. I mean, we got Bradley hitting uh, 150, you know, which has gone up slightly because he did have a base hit today. Pierce is down to 103. 103. Exactly. Yeah. 
Uh, Vasquez, 229, but he's the catcher, so obviously we're going to take that. But it doesn't help that he's not productive when everyone else isn't productive, that's for sure. And uh, then you have Nunez coming back, Holt coming back. Not really sure what they're going to contribute as far as their bats go. I like Holt better coming off the bench and pinch hit situations and you know Rockstar. Nunez just has no value right now you know he's not very good you know in the batter's box and he's not a very good defender so well get used to him because he's probably coming back I think they just announced today he's doing his uh rehab assignment in in um Pawtucket yeah so. yeah I could take him or leave him coming back at this point Brock coming back is cool we need some um you know some people on the bench and a little bit of flexibility but Nunez what he offers offensively isn't there and what he offers defensively is scary at best uh, listen I'm just here for the uh, Brock and JD hugs on home runs and I'm also yeah. here for the uh, and I'm yeah. here for, for the Griff Holt uh, moon bomb so. I feel like it all fell apart when we stopped wind dance repeating I'm just kidding. Uh, no yeah. I was okay with no, that we didn't do any of that last week I was so happy that that was gone I was so happy know, that that was gone yeah, because you can't be doing that and then getting swept in the playoffs or whatever it no, was. No, you look like an asshole. Yeah. I, exactly. I'm not really into the lovey-dovey. You know, the Griffin Holt thing is cute, but I don't want to see it every day. You know what I mean? Especially if we're not winning and and so then forth. don't follow it on Instagram. <laughs> uh, well, it's everywhere, though. It's on MLV Network. It's on Nesson. You just can't escape it. But, so, here's the thing, though. I mean, I kind of talked about this in a live stream earlier this week. Chavis is a natural corner infielder. And so, you got another minor leaguer, C.J. Chatham, right now, who is absolutely destroying it in double-A Portland. So... If he can kind of continue that upward trend, uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to have him in Pawtucket. I don't think they'll call him directly up. But he's a shortstop, so would probably slot into second. And I'm just thinking we might be we might be getting rid of some of these guys before long. You know, especially if Pedroia, he's got a rehab start on Thursday. If he gets put on the 20-man roster, 25-man roster, excuse me, there's going to be a hell of a squeeze and. I just can't see Chavis getting sent down the way he's producing right now. Well, you would hope not, right? Well, well, well. Not only that, too. It's just I think it was Alex Cora or it was one of the Nesson reporters that said it. Chavis carries himself like he's a big league player. He's not one of these scared. Not one of these. It was Cora. Okay, so it wasn't. He wasn't. He's not one of these scared kids that just came up and he's afraid of the big league pitching and just the speed of the game. He conducted himself very well and obviously like we said, the average isn't there but the power and the potential is there. So I'd like to see this kid for another month or two up there. Personal yeah. thing. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. And I, you don't send down the one person who's actually providing you some offense and providing you some spark. You hope that he stays up, he continues to provide and he drags along some other people with him, you know? Well, especially with Oakland coming into town, too. I mean, you need yeah. all the pop you can get, especially with that lineup. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, if he if he were like one for twenty, and you had some healthier guys up that could get slotted in the lineup, I could see him being sent back down for maybe two or three weeks to get a little bit more polished or work out some kinks. But right now, we don't even have the luxury of that, and it's just especially painful because if you go back to Saturday's game. The bases were loaded, I think, with one out, and then Pierce came up, and I don't remember if he struck out or popped out or what. He probably struck out, and and then and then Bradley comes up, and same thing, and, and we stranded the bases loaded. We just needed to bring in one to tie it, and if that was the eighth inning, so there was still the ninth to go, but. A base hit easily would have played at two runs, and we just don't have the depth right now. It's so painful. Or even just a stack fly, like anything, like make something happen. Yeah, it's, well, Pierce could have done that with, with one out. Right. Yeah, Bradley needed right. to, you know, right. make contact. But, but it's just painful knowing that that bottom third of the order is essentially an automatic out, and there's literally no solutions right now uh, internally. Well, it's sad when the bright spot is Vasquez. Like, okay, at least we got Vasquez coming up. That's what, how I, you know, comfort myself. As far <laughs> as the catching position goes, you had your guy, but now he's in Arizona. That yeah. was your guy. That was yeah. your future guy. That was your guy that could swing it and throw it from behind the dish. But they, they didn't manage him right. Were any of you surprised? Were you guys surprised at all to see uh, sale, uh, Vasquez catching sale today? Because... I kind of thought it was apparent that Leon was his catcher, and I, I thought that Leon would be catching him today. Well, it, it is a surprise, but the thing is, is like, what is Sale going to do? Is he going to pitch to Leon forever? No, he has to get used to the fact that Vasquez is probably going to be his catcher, and he's going to be around probably for the long term solution. Right. So, so why? I get that he has that personal connection with Leon. But he has to be able to get used to throwing Vasquez, too. I don't care if it's bad. you got to figure out something, whether it's in a bullpen, an off day. you got to have some sort of chemistry there. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I just it, it surprised me a little bit. I just think they valued Vasquez's bat today. I just didn't think they wanted to yeah. put Leon in there with one hit, knowing that all these other guys were struggling. Here's, right, a, right. here's a question. Moreland and Pierce are both on basically one-year deals at this point. You know, it's the last year of Moreland's contract, nonetheless. And Pierce uh, came back on a one-year deal. If one of those guys has to go, and if there's another minor league call-up, I I think one of these two guys is the odd man out. Which one, who is your preference to keep, I guess, out of the two? Moreland. Yeah, I agree with Moreland. Just kind of his glove. His glove. That's all you yeah. need him for. Yeah. Yeah, and I I agree as well, you know, because he's a few years younger, so that should, you know, help a little bit anyway. And he, he's... What's your... Yeah, sorry. And I, I was just going to say, I, I value him quite a bit in a pinch hit situation. I mean, he hit at least one dinger in the World Series off the bench. I think it was the, the Erod game, if I'm not mistaken, but... Yeah, yeah, you're correct. He yeah. can he can help you so many different ways like that, and I just think with these kids coming up, you know, him being a veteran, you know, I value his leadership. 
So if, yeah, I I agree. It Pierce to me will will end up being the odd man out, and that guy is just completely lost right now, which is really considering he's been a career bench guy anyway, just really surprising to see, especially during the Yankee series where you know that's a team that he's owned you know previously. So I I think that's going to be one area. I think Nunez could be. You know, uh, his days could be short as well once uh, once Holt comes back. And I'm just wondering, like, is there I, – I tried – I was kind of pressed for time before we came on, but I was just trying to find somebody we could plug in at first or corner outfield or whatever if you wanted to slide Ben Benintendi in the center. Just someone to add to that bottom third that could just be a little bit more – you know, steady, you know, when it comes to production. And I couldn't, I looked at the Giants, Brandon Belt, but he's under contract a few more years at big money. And excuse me, I doubt the Blue Jays are going to deal smoke. You know, they're at 500 right now. And I mean, Stroman could get it together. Sanchez could get it together. That's a team that, you know, I'm not going to rule them out for maybe a second wild card spot. I think it's, Highly unlikely, but I didn't think the A's were going to get in last year. And with uh, the prospect there, Vladimir Jr. coming up, who knows if that might inject some energy into that team and and then they go on a run. So, I mean, I just, so like a smoke type guy wouldn't be viable, I don't think. You know, just something, you know, the the thing I go back to a lot is, you know, the, the movie Moneyball, you know, where they shook things up in that 2002 season with the athletics. And then they went on that disgusting run. They had a, what, a record streak, you know, 23, 24 games. And I just feel like if we, if we do a, just a small shakeup here, maybe that will help the team. And the Rays did it last year. They got rid of Archer and a couple other guys. And then went on to win 90 games, which most years is a playoff team. You know, so it's happened fairly recently. But I just think something has to happen here to, to you know, spark some production, basically. Yeah, something's got to give for sure. Here's, a, here's another thing. Well, actually... Al, you're new to the program, so I don't know your official stance on this, but and we're not going to get too too into it. But what are your thoughts on Mookie? Like, what do you what do you want to happen, and what do you expect to happen with him long term? I mean, what you want to happen is you want Mookie to stay around in a Boston uniform, not necessarily because you know just because he won an MVP, but he has so many tools. And he has them all in one, you know, in one player that you don't see very often. He can hit for power. He can hit for average. He can steal bases. He's a gold glove outfielder. Now, do I expect that he's going to stay? Probably not. I think he's going to test the free agency market. And I think he's going to get, you know, close to trout money from some other team. And I think the Red Sox are going to be, you know, smart enough where they're going to be like, we're not going to overbid for this guy. So if they make a, an offer for him, he'll consider it, but I think he's going to go elsewhere. I think Mookie's gone when his free agency comes up. Would I like him to stay? Yes, but do I realistically think he's going to stay? Probably not. 
One more scenario for you. Say we just don't get it together and we're out of it by the trade deadline. You know, we're seven and a half games out now. Say we're we're 13 games out by the trade deadline. That's basically unrecoverable at that point. Do you trade him? Do you try to get something for him at that point? I mean, it's tough to say. In that case, if we're 13 games out, why wouldn't you try to uh, – this This is a kind of just uh, throwing it out of left field out of, you know, not to be punny on this podcast, but, like, why not try to trade a guy like J.D. Martinez that has an opt-out? I mean, I, it's not ideal, but the way Martinez is hitting, you'd rather get rid of a guy that's a little bit older and keep a guy like Mookie because J.D. doesn't play the field every day anyway, and I'm sure teams are going to be dying to have a middle-of-the-order one lineup guy especially in a pennant game that's just like i said that's a little off the wall thing yeah i just i personally i mean if we're gonna if we all agree that mookie's not coming back i mean i wouldn't be opposed to dealing him this year yeah maybe that hurts you next year because he would have been controllable through next year but i just think he would you know bring back the most value and the reason why i ask is what if Dombrowski this week or next week just kind of dangled him out on the market just to get the rumors started? It's one more distraction that you don't need. Possibly. I mean, right. No, and you're absolutely right. That could It could play out that way. But could it also light a fire under this team? And, you know, if everybody's like, whoa, whoa, they're about to deal Mookie, you know, maybe we ought to start winning. Like... The the benefits are twofold because number one you do you might get some phone calls and start to see what his market might be as far as what the return will be for prospects and like I just said maybe the team pulls it together and starts you know upping their game a little bit I'm just just throwing that out there I, I, I don't know Terry I, I I see where you're going with that Terry. But I don't. Th- I think that sends the wrong message. I think it's. If anything, I think it hurt, would hurt them even more. I think they would personally take offense to it because be like, why are we putting out our American League MVP and the guy that helped lead us to a World Series title out on the trade market? So I, I, I like I said, I get where you're coming from. It's not a bad thought, but I don't think the Red Sox in their current state would think the same way that you would. <laughs> Not many no people comment. typically do, but I just I just have to present. Hey, hey, hey you said it, not me. I, I was going to keep it quiet. But. Yeah. My laughter, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm just like I said. I'm just trying to create some angles, and I mean, sometimes you got to make these painful decisions. But and with that being said, no way in hell does Mookie get traded next week anyway. But right. yeah, well, I I do think I think I think it's a little bit more realistic than you guys do that he might not be here on August first. You know, the trade the day after the trade deadline. But but we'll see. And and JD as well could very well be someone who gets peddled. It just depends on how far they want to go with this. I mean, you're still going to have Devers next year. You're still going to have Benintendi. Still going to have Bogarts. Chavis will probably play the full season. Maybe Chatham, you know, if the 
uptick continues to happen. And then you could have Hernandez up, you know, as a full-time starting pitcher. So we still have an immensely talented core. And then signings could happen, you know, in the offseason. So I, I don't think, you know, losing either one or both necessarily uh, takes us out of it next year. I think they see a lot of value in J.D. Martinez, obviously, but I mean, not just what he brings on the field, but the leadership and the work ethic and all of that makes him really, really valuable. Yeah. What he provides in the clubhouse as well, I think. And I'm all about value. And I would take, I would take J.D. on a five-year deal before I'd take Mookie on you know, on a 10 or 12 year deal. I think it's going to be a 12 year deal. Really? I mean, that's what Harper got. That's what trout got. I I don't see him, you know, getting any less than that. So that would take him through his age 40 season, basically where he hits the market at 28. But I don't know. Just, just a thought out there. Um, Let's talk about Chris sale real quick. I mean, it's something new. Every game you just, he came off of a decent start and you know the velocity is up and down and some some games it just doesn't come up at all. I think he he was 93 today on the gun once but was just content to get everyone out on his slider and change up. And I just feel like he tries to completely revamp his whole mindset before every start and None of it is a resemblance of what we saw last year. Yeah, he. I I think it was Rim Rim Jerry Remy talking today, who was saying that even a sale comes off, and even as he, you know, pitched okay, that he still, you know, he went seven seven innings. That he's still going to be mad about it, or he's still not going to feel like he did his best and I couldn't agree more and I think it's because of the lack of consistency you know he's just you can't count on him and he went from being our ace to you just don't even know what you're going to get game to game and that's a scary place to be and it's really scary for me when a player says things like they don't know what's going on or they're trying to figure it out like you get paid a whole lot of money figure it out i'm just i'm literally scratching my head and rubbing my eyes trying to find any sort of positivity with chris sale but right now it's just there's nothing there and it's just funny because it it almost reminds me of bits and pieces of the 2017 season when he first came on where he was pitching well but he wasn't getting run support and therefore he wasn't getting wins now obviously that's not the case here He's not pitching well enough, and obviously the runs in the Red Sox offense is nowhere to be found. They're on, they're on a wanted poster somewhere, and we're trying to find them. And it's just, it's amazing how he still hasn't been able to put it together. He's come out and said, "I've sucked every start." He knows it, but yet nothing's getting fixed. So I don't know if it's really the injury bug or it's just something mental at this point with Sale. Which you'd be surprised if it was mental, because Chris Sale is an absolute psychopath. Yeah, you know, and that, you know, those comments are going to get old at the end of every game. I mean, Clay Buchholz did it in his last year here. He would just say, yeah, I suck today. I'm trying to work on it. And (laughs) 
for a few weeks, so it sounded like, okay, you know, he's taking accountability, but then it just got old because he sucked for basically the whole season. And, and you know, I just don't know how much longer they're going to they're gonna tolerate it with sale, you know, before people start booing, you know, quite a bit. And I just, I wasn't a big fan of that contract, you know, at least this early. They yeah. they signed him to a five-year, $145 million extension without watching him pitch a live regular season game. <laughs> they They didn't do their due diligence, and now... I don't know. I don't know what to expect, you know, in the long term right now. I, I, I'm i at the point now where I don't think we're going to see 98 to 100 on the gun anymore. I think that Chris Sale is gone now. You know, he's 30 years old and he's right now trying to find other ways to stay competitive. But one way or the other, he's not a $150 million pitcher right now. And... I just think that contract is going to have a ton of consequences going forward. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. It's just a matter of Chris Sale trying to find himself and become the old Chris Sale. Now, will he be there velocity-wise, like you just said? Probably not. But he might have to make an adjustment like David Price did. David Price doesn't throw you know, 95 plus anymore. He sits around 92, 93, and he gets outs with his change up and his cutter. So sales going to have to maybe make an adjustment like Price did. It's not ideally what we want to hear, but something he might have to strongly consider. Yeah, it's just, it's hard to, when you look at a team that's 11 and 17 right now, and then you got the Yankees, playing very good baseball considering their whole team is on the DL except for a few players. You know, Voigt, I can barely name three players in their lineup. That's how amazing it is. I Voight, yeah. LeMahieu, and Gardner are really the only <laughs> – Yeah. That's it that's, other than the oh rotation. But, but they keep winning, and it's frustrating because we're mostly healthy. I mean, I, I'm putting Chris Sale in the malfunctioning category for right now, but – Everybody's basically healthy, and we're just we're, we're not getting there. And we're not one aspect of this Red Sox team is good enough to carry another aspect of it. So the lineup isn't good enough to carry the rotation. The rotation isn't good enough to you know carry the lineup. And we have to fire on all cylinders here. And it's just. It's just been absolutely miserable to not see it happen. Yeah, it's like we keep plugging a little leak here or there, and then something else pops up. Like, you know, our offense was trying to pick up for a minute, but then, you know, our pitching sucked, and then our pitching got it together, our starting pitcher, and then pitching, and then our bullpen fell apart. Now we can't, we have zero offense. It's like, like you turn away from one fire and you put it out and you turn to the next, and it's just it's kind of disheartening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Makes me need to drink more. <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking right now. This, this is the second episode in a row I've had a hard cider. But what about Tampa, though? I mean, it's gotten to the point where they're basically for real at this point. Oh, they're 100% for real, especially with that rotation. Like, you, There's no way that you can say that they're a fake team anymore. They're good. 
And I hate to say it because I didn't think they were good, but now I'm admitting it. They're actually pretty good. We'd be okay if they just wore their throwback uniforms all the time because that day they really sucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, no, they're they're legit. Yeah, I mean, their rotation, like Al just said, is, is phenomenal. I mean, Tyler Glasnow came over last year in the Archer deal. 175 ERA. I didn't realize that guy was 6'8", but he's he is. He's two inches taller than Chris Sale. But he he's pitching very well. Snell, I think, is back this week within a few games here. You know, he he could very easily, you know, win win another Cy Young or be a top three guy in that category. Charlie Morton, who I was very skeptical of, leaving Houston that has that revolutionary spin rate program that basically revolutionized his career. I thought he might experience a drop-off once he left there, but with the Rays, 276 ERA and, and pitching very well this year. And Jalen Beeks has been pitching out of the bullpen, not really starting, but he's got a 332 ERA. That's who he gave up in the Evaldi deal. I just, that's a team that's could literally lead this division all year, win it, and, and go into October. Did I lose you guys? No, uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> no I'm just trying to gather my thoughts. Yeah, so, we're just... Depressing. They're, they're a team to be reckoned with, and I, I just wasn't courageous enough to pick them. I, I have had them as a wild card team, but but just phenomenal. And they're going to be good for a while. A lot of these guys are controllable for the next five, six, seven years, and they got a good farm system anyway. And that's the other thing. I think I pointed this out three or four shows ago. They can still add at the trade deadline if they want to. They got more than enough pieces on the farm to to go get whatever they want. They could sign Dallas Keuchel tomorrow for cash only, and uh, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, they're healthy and and they're playing well. So I don't know. I just I just feel like I just feel like. We're, wah, it's going to be a, wah, wah. it's going to be an uphill yeah. battle no, for the Red Sox. That's that you pretty much hit the nail on the head right there because that's, yeah. that's how I'm feeling. We, yeah, we're just not that good, you know. You know, when we try to stack our team up against theirs, it's just yeah. But anyway, we got the uh, Oakland got the A's coming to town. Yes, absolutely, and that doesn't typically uh, go well. Uh, first up, we face. Frankie Montes tomorrow night. Did uh, I pronounce that right? Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Usually when I've never heard of the guy, we get shut down. <laughs> well, we got I, Erod on the mound. So. Okay, so that helps a little. Oh, great. Oh, great. Doesn't keep his front shoulder in Rodriguez. Good, good. Hey, yeah, I'm feeling he, real confident. the best of the worst at this point. That's, it, that, that, that should say something. That should really say something. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry, I have this thing with Erod when he pulls his front shoulder out and then he misses high and away to righties all the time. It's just, it, it's a pet peeve. It's a total pet peeve. Found out 
trigger. Yeah, no, no, there's more. I'm just, I'm holding in the others very well. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see Erod continue this upward trend. You know, with with us sputtering so much. I mean, he's been such a bright spot in the rotation, and if we're going to be successful, we need Erod to be successful. And I'm not familiar with Frankie Montes. I don't think we saw him in the previous series while we, we were out west. We oh, we did. No, we did not. Oh, we did You're not. Right. Okay. And we saw Brooke, who's their Tuesday pitcher. Yes, and uh, let's see. And then Mike Fires is their ace. He yeah. uh, he's been struggling, you know, to start the year. But he had a good start on Friday against Toronto. I watched most of that game because it Red Sox were rained out, and I wanted to see. Vladimir Jr. and um, but he pitched I think into the seventh inning of that game and only gave up two runs. So and he we, he owns us. He's got a sub two ERA against us. So regardless of what his season numbers are, that's going to be a tough uh, start. And we're well going to be determined that game as well. So it might be Velasquez. Uh, yeah, know. going into the Oakland series last time, we thought we matched up really well with Aaron Brooks, uh, who's the pitcher on Tuesday, and we we lost that game to him. Yeah, oh, Oakland's just been a house of horrors for the past couple seasons. With yeah, unfortunately, so... it's the only time I get to see the Fox play when I go down to Oakland and see him. So it's, you never know what I'm going to get. I'll send good vibes your way, but I don't know if any good vibes are going to help right now with this Red Sox team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, getting back to uh, Montes, he he's four and one on the year, three ten ERA, so pitching pitching fairly well. Um, I just this is a series you kind of have to win two out of three, don't you? You would think. You, you how about a sweep? I mean, I know that's that's talking crazy, but you might need a sweep to get, like, a little bit back on track. But wouldn't that just be how we are right now? I mean, we went went down to Florida and swept the Rays, which was totally not expected, right? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know what to expect anymore with this Red Sox team, and that's the sad part. You don't know what is going to happen with them. Yeah, and... I mean, Alex Cora is saying all the right things, you know. He's kind of holding players accountable, and but it's just, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> no words. I'm at a loss Christian for words. has no words. Write it down, folks. Is, is that a first? <laughs> I, I feel like it is. Well, wow, I, I gotta come. On, I gotta come on here more often. We're shilling at. He would love that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll we'll tweet him and let him know. Yeah, he he could be watching on the uh, Periscope, but I I don't know. And hopefully, I'm pulling up my uh, trying to get my Twitter feed up right now. Um, JD Martinez. Uh, well, hopefully be able to play tomorrow it's just going to be a much rougher series if we don't have them yeah for sure i I think he'll be back he'll be fine hopefully very soon and here's another thing too i don't know who that josh smith guy was that was gonna start (laughs) 
I jokingly said he was a hot dog vendor, but <laughs> hopefully he's not the TBD guy on on Wednesday. I mean, I we, think that we are was just like maybe it was his birthday and he needed like a memento or something. So he's like, "Look, ma." My name, I was going to be a starting pitcher. It was like a gimme, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was pretty good. That was good. I'll give you that one. I thought it was going to be that Mike Shawarin guy that is basically like the ace of the Pawtucket staff, which isn't very good, by the way. But I just, I thought he would get the call up. But I, I didn't check to see when he had pitched last, so... Maybe that wasn't an option to begin with, but I guess another thing that could happen, they would waste an option on him, but maybe maybe the kid out of Portland that pitched pretty well, um, Hernandez, what's his first name? I'm spacing oh, it out. Yeah, um, the prospect that pitched in spring training very well. Um Oh, Darwin's in Hernandez. There we go. <laughs> That's a hard name to forget, yeah, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, that could be an interesting possibility if they were to call him up. But when he came up... They brought the, him up once, right? Yeah, yeah. but the, there was a loophole there because it was a double header. They were allowed to have a 26th man. So it didn't, it didn't hurt us in any way to do it. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm just trying to come up with a case here that could get us to win, you know, two out of three. Like I said, the Erod start would be a good one. And Porcello has looked pretty good since Leon has been called up. So maybe, maybe that's gonna, you know, continue his upward trend. Would be nice. Would be nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, we kind of blew through everything I had uh, slated, so, uh, you know, I guess we can just call it a show. <laughs> yeah, J- right. Jeremy could have, uh, you know, probably, I just didn't think we'd be done early enough to to get him uh, to get him off in time, get him off the show in time. Uh, yeah, so, all right, um, well, how about one more time, Al, before we do sign off, what, you know, where can they find you again? <laughs> So yeah, so so if you want my uh, outrageous and probably wrong sports takes, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Big Al two seven nine three capital B and a capital A. Uh, if you want to read any of my articles, uh, go on CouchGuysports dot com. I write about the Red Sox, Patriots, Celtics, uh, pretty much anything that I really just have on my mind that day. And if you want to listen to the podcasts, like I said, uh, Legends Lingo. That is on iTunes and SoundCloud. If you want to listen to Into the Triangle, the new Red Sox podcast with myself and Jared Scally, that is on iTunes now. We actually had Evan Drellick on our most recent episode, so go give that a listen. And, yeah, if you want to talk any sports at all, just find me anywhere. Love to talk Red Sox and love to talk Boston sports in general. All right, very good. All right, well, it was a pleasure meeting you, Al. Absolutely, Stephanie. The pleasure was all mine. And Pedroia, I forgot to mention, rehab on uh, Thursday. So, I mean, before we do sign off, are they really going to call him up, do you think, with his 100 batting average? No. (laughs) 
I don't, I don't think so either. I mean, you got to keep him down there. I don't know what the rules are for rehab starts and whatnot, but I mean, he needs a solid like twenty to thirty games before being called up. None of this, you know, five games he's hitting okay. Let's just put him in the you know the Fenway lineup and off we go because that hasn't worked the last couple of years. No, that's not working. Definitely yeah. not working. Can, can confirm has not worked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And should not Plan be a leadoff B, hitter please. either. Yeah. But anyway, all right. I guess we'll just we'll call it a night and uh, we'll be back. Uh, some of us will be back. Who knows <laughs> the way the lineup's been working. But uh <laughs> be a show on uh, Wednesday to wrap this series and then the uh, White Sox come into town in the later part of the week. Actually, no, we go to them. So, yeah, road trip starting Thursday, uh, you know, in Chicago. So, all right, have a good night, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll be talking to you guys soon. All right, good night, guys. Good night, everybody. So that wraps uh, 129 episode. <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully, coming up here, the um, you know we got to have a good week in Oakland. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> oh, you're still with me. I was wrapping the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I always get do it like a 30 second wrap. <laughs> Sorry, man. No, nah, that's all good. I can get off if you need me to. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, either way. And uh, as I was saying, two out of three needed against uh, Oakland. And then Chicago, in theory, should be a uh, team that looks like a four-game set. So maybe that'll uh, maybe they'll serve as the punching bag that can get this team turned around. So everyone, uh, you know, have a good start to your work week, and we will see you. Wednesday night. Take care. Exactly.